0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Ian, this is Maggie, and on this episode, we are doing the
1: 18th... 19th.
0: (laughs) The 19th Best Picture winner, the best years of our lives.
1: You literally asked me what number it was right before we started recording, and I said 19th.
0: (laughs) I mean, numbers are hard. Also, it's a three-hour movie, so I'm a little bit like, whoa.
1: That is true, and we did just watch it before recording it, so maybe for once we'll get chronology decently right,
0: I mean, maybe. We'll see. I obviously am not going to be able to do it if it involves numbers. So, uh, yeah, anyway. Speaking of numbers, (laughs)
1: this is a 1946 American drama directed by William Wyler, and it stars Myrna Loy, Friedrich March, Dana Andrews, Teresa Wright, Virginia Mayo, and Harold Russell as kind of like our main cast um star-studded cast
0: yeah they were really good yeah
1: um and it revolves around um the stories of three american servicemen who are coming home from world war ii and kind of their readjustment into civilian life and like the way the wars affected them and how it's impacting their relationships with their families at home
0: yeah so it was i don't know i thought it was good yeah, if, it was if so very easy. long. Yes, very
1: if long. If long. I think they could have trimmed a few things, but, you know, it I, they are telling three distinct storylines, Um, which I think when once I finish going through like our quick background, what we're going to do is break down each of those storylines.
0: Yeah, um, I think that's gonna probably going to be one. a better way to keep it straight than the chronology because it does.
1: Yeah, they, they weave does the in thing and out. Yep. Um, and like all the characters have interactions with each other. But I think if we just kind of like focus up on the storylines, it'll be a little bit clearer. Um, Okay, so. Background. This actually began filming only seven months after the war ended. So all of the problems that these servicemen are going through are like very fresh yeah. for the country as a whole. It was nominated for, I believe, seven awards. Um, so Best Picture, obviously it won. Best Director, William Wyler, he won for Best Director. Friedrich March won Best Actor. Um, and he plays Al Stevenson, one of the servicemen.
0: He was good. I'm he debating whether he deserved it over the other people though.
1: Well, there are more awards to go around.
0: Ian, okay, good. So,
1: keep listening. <laughs> um, best screenplay, Robert E. Sherwood won for that. Harold Russell, who played um Homer, won for best supporting actor. Good. Yes. Um, and I have some very yeah, interesting maybe. I have some very interesting information on him that I think we'll go into once we start like going through his storyline, yeah. which spoiler that was my favorite storyline in the film. It won for Best Film Editing and it also won for Best Music and Score and was nominated for Best Sound Recording but didn't win.
0: So I'm not surprised that it won for score.
1: There are some moments in particular where I was just like, hot damn, that score.
0: Yeah, well, and they, they didn't do the thing where you have a score going throughout the entire movie. No,
1: they used it sparingly in Juanita. Right.
0: But it also, like, when it starts up, it kind of just sneaks in, and yes. then all of a sudden you notice it, and you're like, oh, yeah. well, that's quite nice. Yeah, it definitely
1: sneaks in on you. Um, so other nominees for that year, remember, we're in the time period where there's only five nominees now, um, but it was Henry V, It's a Wonderful Life, which if you haven't listened to the holiday episode we did on It's a Wonderful Life, highly recommend listening to that.
0: I liked It's a Wonderful Life more than this one. If I'm being honest.
1: Interesting. I'll have to think about that as we hit the end of the podcast, because I've not thought in depth about like kind of what my feelings are on that, Um, but also the Razor's Edge and the Yearling.
0: The Yearling. Is that a horse racing story?
1: I don't remember. It has Gregory Peck in it. That's all I know.
0: Mm. I should watch more of these.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So watch notes.
0: Yeah. So I think we're going to start honestly in the order that the servicemen exit the taxi. Yeah,
1: because they do all meet. Um, Kind of on their way home, they live in this like Boone City. Yeah. It's this just like nondescript Midwestern Midwestern town. So Midwestern. Yeah, very just like Heartland America. Um, But they meet when they're all trying to get back home. And of course, like logistics are a nightmare because you've got all of these soldiers trying to get home. So they (laughs) meet that way. And a lot of people need to go and not a lot of space. Exactly. And so um, they end up sharing a taxi cab and it just drops them off their respective homes in order so we'll start with the first one homer homer again so, played by harold russell
0: yeah so we discover we we got a, i liked the introduction to him in the yes. um oh, what was it the it's military like the, it's like the air force transit something place? Yeah. atc i think is what they called it but um this mechanic needed help moving a part out yeah. and he just kind of stayed in his seat and he caught some shit for he's got it.
1: his his air quotes hands in his pocket right so he's like, and he's just kind of like stony face and yeah the guy like says something to like, what's up matter sailor like you tired or something because he doesn't get up to help yeah
0: because he doesn't have hands to lift the part to move it
1: we don't know that yet right which we discover that he doesn't have hands when he and um fred Barry. dairy dairy god damn it it's I know I going to mess it up. D as in Bravo I'm and also, D as in Delta
0: are hard to keep apart. <laughs> I will
1: also probably accidentally call him Frank because I kept accidentally writing that in my notes. Frank
0: Barry. He's Dana
1: Andrews to me, um, the actor. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so when um, Homer and Frank both get called up and they're like, oh, there's a plane going to like Boone City. You just have to sign this thing. And that's when Homer pulls out a hand and we discover he doesn't have a hand. He has a hook. And he... Writes his name and everyone's a little weird about it because they're like, oh, do you want me to write it for you? And he's like, no, I can write my own name. Like, does it? And then he goes to hold the paper steady and we discover other hand also a hook.
0: Yeah. So he has no hands. Nope. Which just I really like that, that he's introduction. Very,
1: very capable with
0: exactly, and that's the thing that I really enjoyed about um, when the the three main characters met on the plane. They just let him have his space to do what he needed to do, like yeah. lighting a cigarette, for example. He's like, no, 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 I've got it, and he was able to get a match out, you know, light yeah. a cigarette so all they, on his own. They let him do it, and they were just like, eh, no big deal, it's fine. So,
1: interesting stuff about this. Harold Russell, not an actor, actual veteran who lost both his hands in like a tnt training accident Jeez, and had hooks and was featured in there was a like short film done called diary of a sergeant that was about the rehabilitation of veterans Mm -hmm. and he he was in part of that film weiler saw it and was like we need him so he was not an actor also won a special oscar for I can't remember what exactly they called it for it was something about like giving hope to like fellow servicemen and stuff because Aww. the academy thought there was such a slim chance of him getting the best supporting actor oscar they were like it's great that he's nominated but we think there's a very very slim chance of him getting it mm-hmm. so they wanted to honor him so they Wait, gave him so did the he, special oscar did
0: he win two oscars yes then? He was yes. the only
1: actor to ever win two oscars for the same role
0: oh that is fantastic but yeah I just <laughs> I
1: think that's such a cool story and like For a not actor?
0: He did pretty good.
1: I thought he did really great.
0: There were a couple places where some of his emotion was a little bit flat, in my opinion. Like he wasn't, well, okay. He wasn't quite matching Wilma's performances in certain places. I thought it
1: worked though, because there was like the, you want the like emotional closed offness because the whole thing with Homer's storyline is that he comes back, like his family and his girlfriend, who he was engaged to. Mm -hmm know that he lost his hands but he's like they've never seen them and he is so insecure about yeah. it
0: and we should that that first scene when they get back yes it's really really good because they are super excited to see him come running out of the house his little
1: his little sister, sister yeah. cousin
0: sister it's like oh look everybody he's home and so they hug and well, do whatever and then
1: Wilma's the girl next door which is yeah who they're engaged and she yes yeah, she runs out and she hugs him but he can't hug her back
0: and he then doesn't
1: his, want to put the hooks around her.
0: And then his mom sees his hands. When I mean, he goes hooks to pick up and his starts crying. And yeah, I'm like, but they Did don't you just lose say, your hands
1: when they don't. Well, they don't want well, to say what it's about. It's like, I think it was her reaction, just being like, "This is what's happened to like, yeah. my child," and so she like can't help it. She just like lets out a little like cry, and the dad's like, "Oh no, no, she's just like so happy you're home." Right. Like, but, but they, I loved they this talk about
0: it. because it sets the stage for the distance that's going to grow between him and his family because yeah. they refuse to acknowledge, like, um, getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Uh, but Fred, in one scene, says something about how, like, oh, we can never go back to the way it was before the war. Yeah. And it's like, he meaning Homer doesn't want you to just completely ignore him or pretend like nothing's happened. It's more like he just wants you to understand that it's okay.
1: When he says it most like multiple times where he just wants to be treated like another person. Right. And it's, I, I don't know. I thought it was so interesting and I'm sure it's thing, you know, it's something that anybody who goes through something like that deals with where he's talking about like his dad lighting his pipe. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, he was lighting his pipe tonight. Um, cause there's Homer's uncle owns this bar
0: Yeah, so Homer is run away from his family after dropping a glass and being, like, put on edge because everybody's like, oh, my God. Which I
1: kind of wanted to be, like, come on, Mom. Like, the glasses she brings the lemonade out in, I'm like, clearly he's going to have trouble with that. Like, you could have brought him better glasses.
0: You never know. Maybe they only had one set of glasses. It was wartime.
1: They had multiple sets of glasses. They needed glasses I I kept my eyes on the cups (laughs) and used in that house. Um, But, you know, so there's his uncle butch's bar which is kind of where the three of them will like the three servicemen, our three main characters will congregate from time to time but homer's there and he's describing he's like i had to leave the house because i'm sitting there watching my dad light his pipe like he's done a million times and it's like he suddenly like realized that he had hands and felt sorry and guilty about having hands when homer didn't have hands so he was like almost tried to like hide his hands and homer was like it's weird and it's uncomfortable and like it's fine
0: exactly well and then
1: but then at the same time it's also homer wants to act like it's fine but it's also not fine yeah homer's not fine with it he he he's can't bring himself to like continue his relationship with wilma because he's so convinced that like she can't love him and that like being married to him would be so awful because of that even Mm -hmm. though wilma the entire fucking movie is like no I love you, and, like, if you need help, I'm willing to help you. I would just, like, I just want to, like, be yeah. married to you. And finally he gets it in a scene that I really want to talk well,
0: about. Well, we can't get that far ahead yet. Okay. Because there's development that we need okay. to cover first. <laughs> First scene, as Maggie mentioned there, in his uncle's bar. And then Al comes in, and I love the way – well, he comes in with his wife yeah. and daughter. Yeah,
1: this is Friedrich Marx's character, mm-hmm. and we'll go more into his timeline. But, like, yeah, his wife and daughter played by Myrna Loy and Teresa Wright, respectively, which, um, first off, Justice for Myrna Loy never won an Oscar – WTF. Second, Teresa Wright steadily becoming one of my favorite all time actresses. Yes. And also just where was their nominations for this movie? Just asking. I
0: mean, yeah, they really deserved it. they killed that. it. They did. So in the bar, Al says something to the effect of, uh, so, so let's lay this out. Homer lost his hands. He now has hooks. He's fine with it. Let's move on. And I'm like, yeah. that perfectly sums up exactly how I think Homer wanted awesome. everybody to treat it yeah and so i'm glad that they provided that kind of um like contrast between homer's home life and the way that his buddies that understand yeah treat that subject
1: well and i mean but again there it's so interesting too because like yes homer wants that but then also when wilma's like it's completely fine like he still is so insecure about it like homer still has insecurities about it as well that i think he doesn't fully want to admit to himself like yes. you know his his little asshole of a little sister and her friends at one point are like kind of mimicking the hooks and they're like peering into the shed when he's like trying to talk to wilma about it this is
0: the scene i wanted to talk about before i'll I'll let you go (laughs) because we have um the the way i interpreted this particular scene where homer is shooting a rifle in Mm -hmm. the garage is that it feels like he's trying to take back some of his like usefulness and ability to provide because i think the fact that he is practicing to go hunting like feels like a very stereotypical i'm going to provide for my family and show that i am like capable of doing stuff which like i'm glad that he's able to reclaim that to some extent
1: well i think there's something else with like the hunting too it's it can be a fairly solitary activity
0: yeah so So he doesn't have to interact with anybody exactly um but we have wilma come in while he's doing this and she's like oh show me and you yeah, know he makes like a shot. did you
1: need something she's like no i just like wanted to hang
0: yeah and uh, she just wants to provide support to him and then like she looks at the the where he shot yeah. a piece of cardboard it's like oh you're doing really well and he's like eh, not well enough and then they sit down he starts cleaning the gun and she's like okay are we going to get married actually yeah, or not she's like
1: she's like cuz like i still want to marry you like you and, said we were getting married and he just
0: shuts down and i think yeah. this is one of the scenes where it um. I'm debating whether it was flat or just emotionless. Oh, I
1: thought he did amazing in this scene.
0: Oh, I, 100% I don't know why agree. I felt it was flat. Dis, or
1: not 100% agree. I 100% disagree. <laughs> um, I, because he's he's shutting himself off. Like, obviously, the character is super emotional about this. He's got hang-ups. Like, we've we've at this point established that, like, Wilma doesn't care. Like, Wilma has no hangups. ups Wilma's still, mm-hmm. I want to marry you. And that, like... The thing now stopping them getting married and living happily ever after is Homer and his internal yeah. insecurities, which, like, not to minimize those, because, like, that's a lot of shit to deal with.
0: Well, and he flat out says, when she's like, I want to help you get through these And he goes, I have
1: to deal with exactly. it on my own, which, like, I'm so torn because I'm like, yes, those are things that you have to deal with yourself, but, like, also get, like, have help. Like, it's okay to seek help and, like... Yeah comfort from other human beings it's completely okay it's completely natural but like i mean we are in the 40s it is you know the idea of mental illness well and you have to be stoic shell shock and the idea of like being the man is to be like the provider to be stoic to like go hunting be above your emotions kind of deal and like homer's obviously like dealing with a lot of stuff and like needs the support but at the same time also doesn't want the support which I think is something people can relate to like sometimes we know like you're really sad but you feel stupid about why you're sad so you're like I want someone to come hug me but I also don't want anybody to see that I'm crying right so I think like I don't know I thought he handled that like mixture of emotions super well and then you have the kids watching through the window and he gets mad he's like oh the hooks do you want to see the hooks and he goes for the door can't and, open
0: him because he's flustered. Yeah,
1: exactly. So he just sticks the hook through that window and one beautiful shot. Oh, yeah. It's at a slightly low angle as if you were looking up from the kid's perspective.
0: And he's there menacing in the bro- through the broken yeah, glass. Yeah, and just
1: like the just raw emotion. I thought he absolutely nailed that scene.
0: That part I'm super on board with. I think the part... So the part where he was just like cleaning his gun while they were sitting down, I was like, okay, where are you going with this? And then when they stand up and... Wilma comes up and tries to like touch him on the arm to be like "I'm here for you." That's when it he turned it around for me and, and culminated with the shot through the window. Okay. I hope you accept that.
1: I'll accept it. You'll I take disagree, it. but I'll accept it.
0: <laughs> but yeah, then then his poor sister goes running away because that was really scary. <laughs> yeah,
1: and he he like apologizes to her, and but also she, sweet was he, like, yeah, she was being an asshole. yes, she was. There's a sweet moment there where he's like tucking her in later.
0: Yeah, and kind of made up for it. But this leads into one scene that is repeated again in a really cool way yes. for me. So he has to have his father help him take off his prosthetics and get him into bed and dress him and all that. Cause once his prosthetics are off, he cannot like do anything cause yeah. he has no like digits to manipulate yeah. something. Um, and the reason that I like this is cause it's repeated with Will. Well, and I liked on.
1: the way it was shot because it's actually just, a, he puts in a cigarette, lights a cigarette. And then his dad starts helping him mm-hmm. take off. Um,
0: and you never his see his hands.
1: No, but you, it's just a close up on his face and you can just see, like, he just looks so like dead eyed and you can just see like the pain at like ha- basically it's like almost like you're a kid again. Like you're having to have your parent help you get ready for bed. And just the idea that he feels so helpless and vulnerable at that point, because like, like we've mentioned, like he's very good with those hooks. Like he can do oh, yeah. so much stuff. Like,
0: but take him off, he's reduced to exactly. a child. Which I think he actually says something uh, like, I'm just a baby that can cry. I'm reduced to a baby that can only cry for help. Yeah. I think he says that to Wilma in the scene that yeah. I really want to talk well, let's about. Let's just go ahead and talk about
1: that. Yeah. Um, so there, it, So at this point, Homer still is not giving Wilma an answer really on whether or not they're getting married. He has had that talk with um, uh, Fred where Fred was like, look – you like if you love her and she loves you, like go get married. Like mm-hmm. what are you doing? Marry her. She sounds great. Like, just do it. And then he says the thing like, if you need someone to stand up with you on your wedding day, like I'm I'm happy to do it. Like go to Wilma. Like just do that. Mm-hmm. So we see Homer go home and he starts he gets out of the cab in front of Wilma's house and he but just he watches walks, her. And he sees her through the window. And then he walks Past her house to his house, and the whole time you're just like, "No, Homer, go talk to Wilma." And then we're just all really sad about that. And then he goes and he's like, "Gonna get some milk from the kitchen." And Wilma bless shows up. Wilma. She goes again. She's just swell. She's swell. They call her swell all the time. I and
0: wish that she had more screen time because I want to know more about he her. And
1: she's swell she's just swell or
0: so i've been told
1: she's so swell we see how swell (laughs) she is in the scene we're currently describing because she shows up at the back door mm -hmm. and her
0: parents want to send her away because she's like i'm hung up on this guy who i want to marry but he doesn't want to marry me and they want her to forget him yeah but
1: she doesn't want to no so she tells him all of that and at that point he's like you should go away you should forget me like it's better for you and he's Well, first off, Wilma's just trying to be like, you're not listening to me.
0: Because he's not. I
1: said I'm fine with all this. Um, But Homer's like, you don't understand what it's like, which – and oh my god, I loved this little interaction where he's telling her like, you don't understand how hard it's going to be. And she's like, you're right, I don't and I won't unless you let me try. Yeah. Yeah. Where she's just like, "Give me a shot," and she says something that's, I think, so like interesting and mature, especially for like a '40s movie when like you know we're still in the time period where like married couples are shown in separate twin beds. But mm-hmm. she's like, "If we, if it doesn't work out and I can't cut it, we'll know soon enough." Yeah, like it's fine. It was very pragmatic. Yeah, and I really liked that, and it felt like weirdly progressive. But they basically they go upstairs and. Homer's like, I'll show you what it's like when I have to like take them off, mm-hmm. and he gets himself out of the harness, and for the first time we see him without the hooks,
0: and we finally actually see the hooks. Yeah, because he's never he's always been the in like full, long like sleeves. yeah the full
1: apparatus. Right. We see.
0: So I I really liked that all of a sudden we're let in on yeah his reality in the same way that he's letting Wilma in. Yeah, like and I thought that he, was a nice. That's little when he touch.
1: like basically explains to her like without the hooks. I can't read a book in bed. I can't light a cigarette. I
0: can't let myself out of my room. Yeah. He's like, if, if, the, door the, if the door
1: closes, like I can't get out,
0: which I was thinking to myself, okay, Wilma, here's your chance. Close the door. You'll, you'll trap him forever. <laughs> like misery <laughs> <He> always- <laughs> style. <laughs>
1: yeah. We are like, that's when this turns into a horror movie. Um, but, and Wilma's reaction is very simple. She picks the hooks up off the bed and puts them away. And, god this was so sweet i might tear up but he's like putting on his night shirt and he's like yeah. i can put it on but i can't button it and she just immediately goes i'll do that for you
0: i know and it was and just the perfect timing shirt. perfect answer it's it, so cute yeah oh and it was so they cute. built it up so well yes i was thinking to myself you know they're gonna think that something untoward is going on if you're in his bedroom unchaperoned at night not
1: possible Ian. it was all just so sweet
0: untoward things can be sweet so maggie sweet. come on <laughs> <laughs> but
1: it, it's, I thought that was such a nice scene. And it really was oh well my done. God, it was so good. And so, thank God they get their happy ending where they, do. they get married. They get married at the very end. And that's the last sequence, which we can, I think, dissect a little bit more once we go through the other storylines, because that's kind yeah. of where all the other storylines kind of wrap up mm-hmm.
0: together. I do want to, the one thing that, about the wedding scene that I do want to point out is it was, they real did a great job of focusing on his hands and her holding his yes, hooks
1: yes there so were it was some like, beautiful shots with clear
0: that. that these are not an issue we're accepting you the way that you are and like it's yeah. working out for them and i mean even he puts the ring on her hand yeah which, unaided
1: it cuts to everybody else kind of being like
0: everyone's freaked out yeah
1: they're like is he gonna drop it <laughs> which i'm like if he does drop it, that's not a big deal plenty of people with hands drop the ring on their
0: wedding day <laughs> there you go so no i i really did that was a very sweet storyline and I don't know. I'm I'm often a sucker for a nice, tidy character arc, and this is it's a very really nice, one. tidy it's really character good.
1: arc. And I just I thought I thought like Harold Russell's performance was so good, and the I didn't write down the name of the actress playing um, Wilma, but she did a really nice job. And like,
0: not gonna lie, she looked a lot like both Mirna Loy and Teresa Wright. I think yeah. it's the, I think it's because of the <laughs>
1: hairstyles at that time. Everyone looked like kind of similar.
0: Yeah, well, and they all have a vaguely similar face shape. But yeah, so that is Homer's like broad stroke storyline. Yeah. He does factor into the other ones and we'll like touch on that yeah. as we move through. Yeah, for so sure. Um, Al is next.
1: Yeah, let's talk about Al. So Al, played by Friedrich March. Yeah, Friedrich March, is a very wealthy guy who worked at a bank.
0: Yeah. Their house is amazing.
1: Yeah. They're like apartment the slash condo slash molding. Yeah. But it's um oh. he comes back and his i mean all of the like welcome homes were good his is the one that just like flat out made me cry
0: oh yeah so he rings the doorbell to his own home well first
1: off there's an interesting thing where um and it plays i think not super heavily into the movie at all but it's very interesting to me the difference between military position and economic position in civilian life with the three main characters so oh, you have yeah. friedrich march as al uh, Stevenson, who civilian life very wealthy, sergeant in the army.
0: So he was so not, not very super
1: high up at all. You have um Homer, who is like low level navy,
0: but he's solidly but like solid, yeah, solid
1: middle class. And then you have Fred, who is like a decorated captain in the air force, who comes from a not well off family at yeah, all,
0: like under the bridge, yeah.
1: And so wrong side. We'll of the talk to it situation. about it. We'll talk to it more when we. Dissect his storyline, but I think Fred's storyline is the one where that kind of comes into play the most. But it was something that I noticed very early on that I thought was very interesting. But anyway, we kind of see it when Al comes home and the guy at the front desk is like, oh, excuse me, you can't just walk out there. And he's like, I live here. Like, I'm going to this apartment he's like well i'll have to ring mrs stevenson he's like i'm her husband and put down that phone because he wants to surprise them yeah
0: it's so sweet so he rings the doorbell his son answers the door and he immediately like puts his hand over his son's mouth yeah, so and is like anything. don't say anything does the same thing his, to his daughter, daughter comes
1: out and yes does the same thing and then it cuts to myrna loy her back to camera in the kitchen and she's like who is at the door
0: Peggy? Peggy. Who was at the door?
1: And then she realizes what it must mean Mm -hmm. and just goes still and then slowly puts down whatever it was she was holding and like turns around and walks out. And like when they see each other in the hall, it's just it's so beautiful. It's so
0: sweet. And that shot, they use this hall To great effect in multiple points throughout this movie.
1: Especially their apartment was actually a full-sized set that was built. They didn't scale it down at all, Uh which, you know, is pretty common for movie sets. They're like, you kind of scale it to what you need. But they actually built it out so that they could get all those beautiful lines and camera angles yes. that so the are thing absolutely about gorgeous.
0: All the shots in this no I, well i shouldn't say all but the majority of the shots in this apartment is they do a great job at creating really interesting depth.
1: They use mirrors really effectively too. Yes. And they even did that in the cab ride with all three servicemen as they're dropping them off. Yeah, in the rear view. Yeah, the so, they had um, some fun tricks. I'm very surprised that it was not nominated for cinematography. Yeah, i i don't know if it would necessarily be like winning level but like it was it was good stuff and it was stuff i like noticed exactly
0: so i i don't know but i really enjoyed it and that was a perfect example because you had the two kids framing them on either side looking down the hallway and then um millie and Fre- uh, sorry al millie and al just yeah. embracing down down there so it was really 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 sweet yeah now i was really worried at the beginning of Al's kind of homecoming got as well. I
1: real worried, too. Because
0: he was being a grumpy asshole, which, okay, he's decompressing from a lot of shit that he saw. So yes. I'm like, sympathetic to that. And, like, you're
1: tired. You've been trying to get home for a while. Yeah. Like, logistics have been a nightmare. So, like, we get it. But, like, he's a little grumpy. And there's, like, definitely awkwardness with him and his wife. And it's so interesting because, and again, we'll talk about it more with Fred. Like, Fred's been married to someone they had about like 20 days before he got shipped off. Like they haven't known each other for long. Al and Millie have been married for 20 years. It's yeah. established. And it's interesting to see kind of some of that awkwardness that they have around each other where they're kind of like, are you the, still the same person I yeah. knew? And like recognizing that they might not be. But bring
0: this up again when they have the talk to Peggy about being a homewrecker. Yes. Because it's relevant. Yes. So yeah, it is. Anyway.
1: But, um, it's, because like you can see he's having trouble adjusting. There's like some weirdness there. And then he's like, No, no, guys, like let's just go out. So he grabs Myrna and Teresa. Because I'm just not going to be My calling them injuries. Millie and Peggy. Millie
0: and Peggy, I come know. on.
1: I know, that's funny because I have trouble with the characters and I know them more as the actors. And <laughs> You cannot remember the actors'
0: names to say But I remember life. the characters yeah, there we go. most of the time. Between the
1: two of us, we can <laughs> do a podcast.
0: Um, but they go to a lot of bars. Can I just they point do. out they went to like eight can bars? Can we just
1: point out how many freaking bars are in what I'm assuming is not a very large town?
0: Well, what else do you do on a nondescript weekend night? I, I don't or weeknight because they had apparently. to go to the work but the yeah next day. <laughs> and um
1: this is when we started to get hints and it never becomes like a huge issue and they kind of imply at the end that like it's been resolved and it's not going to be a huge issue but um al's developed a little bit of alcoholism
0: yeah so he gets like super 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 drunk yes but i will say
1: Friedrich Marx. <laughs> I he he doesn't didn't want to really... say Friedrich Mark, but it's Friedrich March. His drunk acting is...
0: It's fantastic. Beautiful. But they finally make it to... B- it's Buck's...
1: Mm. Ah, shoot. Quick to the cast Okay, list. I got it.
0: So they finally make it to Butch's Corner mm. or Butch's Bar yeah. whatever it is. Um, And there was some... <laughs> this was kind of fun. So all, all the things. Because guys... Homer had
1: told all of the, the, the crew when they were in the cab going home that, like, Butch was his uncle, best yep. place in town.
0: We so. should go get a drink. Yeah. And and so they ult- ultimately do, but by total accident. Yeah. So this is where we get the beautiful scene where Al is like, lost his hands, now he has hooks, he's really good at it. Don't yeah, worry we about got
1: it. Homer and Fred are there. Al's brought in Myrna and Teresa. Yeah.
0: After dragging them yeah. all around Which, town.
1: Them dancing together. So he's That's so he's sweet. So waste. Al is so wasted. But he gets Butch to play what is clearly like his and his wife's song. Yeah. And then dances with her and dances very poorly because he's very drunk.
0: Oh my God. And then you get the comedic relief where. He's like, oh, how did they start this? But basically, he's acting like he's picking her up at a bar. Yeah. And, he's, and she's like, oh. She
1: plays along. He's but like, I he's have like, a wife like and my two kids. Wife. Yeah, he was like, you look like my wife. And she was like, well, don't tell her.
0: <laughs> and so it was really sweet to see them play off each other like yeah. that. It was
1: Myrna awful. Okay, so Myrna so Loy, so Millie, and Peggy have some of the funniest one-liners. Because this movie is very funny. It really is. Like, laugh out loud funny. Yes. And... Um, you know, between all of the like crying, but like she, the two female leads have some of the funniest lines and they're both very quick. And we're saying that, like, you know, the casting of Teresa, Wright as Myrna Loy's daughter is such a good choice because not only do they look alike, but they have very similar delivery and are very both good with like witty lines. Oh, yeah, so it worked really well, but yeah, so basically, they all get wasted. Uncle Butch takes Homer home. Um, and they is that when he asks he was like Wilma's looking for you?
0: Yeah. So Wilma actually had phoned Uncle Butch. Yeah. Wondering where Homer was. And so that's when he finally is. There's is a taken line home.
1: that like I absolutely loved too that Butch says. Butch had some great lines. Oh, yeah, Homer says, Why can't they leave a guy alone? And Butch says, Because they're fond of you, that's why.
0: Oh, and that was so Uncle Butch, you're too good. He's He's like a a little
1: armchair psychiatrist. Exactly. Anyway, he takes Homer home, and so then um, the Stevenson's, um, or mostly Peggy, is going to be driving everybody back. So they take Fred and they drop him off at the apartment that his wife is now living in, because there's a whole thing around that. But anyway. Yeah. This is the first time where we start to see that there might be some stuff between fred and uh, peggy yes
0: yeah so they had like sat together well let's get into that later
1: i feel like their relationship is kind of also a part of
0: yeah al and fred's storylines it's interesting we get a lot of Al at the beginning then he's kind of mostly pat mm-hmm. and then they fold in fred it's i don't know it's the, because they're the, much more because
1: of the relationship that sort of develops between fred and peggy
0: right but we get the first sign of like oh fred tried to get to his wife's apartment basically collapses drunk and oh my god millie and peggy are saints yeah
1: they just both get out of the car because al's passed out in the back seat they both get out of the car go pick up fred bring him back into the car and then they so kindly actually let him sleep in peggy's room and peggy sleeps on the couch which like
0: That was too much.
1: If I'm housing drunken friends, they get the couch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they definitely do. Definitely do. Um, But the next morning, it's interesting that the the one scene with Al that I really want to talk about is when he first wakes up. Yeah. So he is hungover. He's hungover. He wakes up in his room. He seems a little, like, uncomfortable and discombobulated Mm -hmm.
1: And he, I like when he wants to get rid of his combat boots, and so he opens the window yeah, he and doesn't just put in the trash. them out. Yeah, he's going to put them in the trash originally, and then decides to throw them out the window, just drops them out the window, and like that he stands there and waits for you to hear him, like, hit the sidewalk, which, like, I'm sorry, but that was dangerous.
0: I mean, yeah, you could have killed someone, maybe. <laughs> but Definitely then he sees concussion. Yes. And he sees his photo of, like, how good he looked, and looks in the mirror, and is like, oh, God, I look really rough. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, comparing it to himself. <laughs> so he did, I don't know, his, his acting in this scene, I think, was like really really good he Mm -hmm. was playing off of the lack of dialogue well there was no dialogue yeah yeah so there was no dialogue here but he did a great job at just acting through it Mm -hmm. so i i was big fan
1: yeah no i i think he actually do i think he deserved his best oscar (gasps) because jimmy stewart was nominated for it's a wonderful life the same year
0: again i enjoyed it's a wonderful life better anyway um so after after that specific scene, we do get a little bit of comedic relief, which I loved in the shower. It's like after Al is like, I look rough. I'm going to go clean up. Yeah. We found that he has stepped in the shower in his like pajamas fully clothed yeah and is like freaking out oh shoot
1: i was like so about to be like what an idiot and then i remembered one time i stepped into my shower with socks on (laughs) so i was like never mind
0: yeah we all have those moments i i guess
1: (laughs) thanks ian thanks Um,
0: well i'll put it that way just make you feel better you know this is maggie she
1: once walked into the shower with her socks still on everybody understand that cool yeah exactly
0: (laughs) (laughs) so i think that um at this point he um
1: We've got the sweet breakfast scene. Yeah, we do. So and, after he's finally um, rectified Millie. his,
0: like, shoddy, greasy hair, doesn't look very well, well put together situation. And
1: Millie's preparing breakfast in bed for him.
0: Which is so... Ugh,
1: I she's love, so sweet. I Oh my god, this scene is... Again, where is Myrna Loy's Oscar? Where is it? <laughs> she so deserved it, not only for this, but for many other films. But whatever. Talking about this one. It's in the kitchen, and she's putting, like, the tray together and she puts uh-huh. this little vase with flowers on the tray and then she turns around to take the tray and then you see her pause, and she just takes the flowers off like no it's too much like you can see her kind of waffling mm-hmm. and like being indecisive about this and then when she takes the tray in and like he's standing there and like Al's like cleaned himself up a bit as you were saying and they kind of have this interaction that's like sweet but still like a little awkward and yeah. like she's kind of i think she's like i brought you breakfast in bed and like kind of waiting for him to like crawl back in bed and he doesn't so then she just like puts it down on the bed and is like so i guess i should go like i have some stuff i need to do <laughs> and then he pulls her into the kiss and it's uh, yeah really sweet. and
0: i i was really glad to have the scene to decompress from the scene at at night when they were having some like awkward sort of it, it wasn't quite tension but it was kind of tension mm-hmm. he seemed very grumpy which i can relate to that i've been in those situations
1: ian's very grumpy
0: i'm a grumpy person it's fine but also not a grumpy person
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> i'm not very grumpy on the podcast usually <laughs> true
1: i guess if we're talking about who yells at who more yeah it's mostly podcast.
0: you you're the grumpy old man i'm not
1: hey get off my lawn
0: <laughs> <laughs> um and so yeah, that was really, really, really sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we f- do get a little bit more characterization where he's like, "Ah, uh, do I? I want to go back to work? Do I not?" He gets a his call boss from his calls. boss, yeah, which I love
1: the shot where he's just—it's just his answers to the, his boss, and then uh, Millie starts mouthing the answers back in yep. time with him. Like this has <laughs> happened a million times. Like that to me was kind of the point where it's like, okay. Million dollar back, like
0: yeah, they're good. They're good. Well, and they have the cute little thing in the breakfast nook where she comes and sits on his lap, yeah. and he has the whole "Should I take time off? Should I go back to the office?" Yeah. Da da da, da That's when
1: the boss calls, and he ends right. up going back, and they actually are promoting him mm-hmm. to be in charge of small loans, particularly for like GIs, right? Um, because the, the, his boss whole thing, he's like, "You understand the sound principles of banking," which boy, I could go off on some of the stuff that they say because some of the stuff they say about banking, I'm like, that's not how it works.
0: Okay, so let's let's just jump into that okay. scene. So the first loan, GI loan that comes up in, this guy wants to buy a farm.
1: Yeah, it's like 40 acres or something. Yeah, yeah.
0: and Al is like, what about the collateral? Do you have collateral? Whatever, whatever. And he's like, not on board with it because the guy is he doesn't have anything but again he's a returning gi well Um, and
1: at this time period like the gi bill of rights had recently been passed mm -hmm. so like that ensured that like at least to some degree returning vets would be taken care of so things like disability for people who are injured um which like we do see homer collect like on disability and so you get like an idea of like that but then also you know they were supposed to be able to get lower interest um sort of not quite guaranteed loans, but easier for them to get loans right. and kind of, like, Basically resettle. understanding
0: that they're not going to be on the same footing as most folks because yeah, they and just spent three years at war.
1: Yeah, and that, like, not only is that hard, but also, like, you're coming back. Any job you had is probably gone. Right. Like, you, you're you going to need help.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: And so that's kind of what... Al is now in charge of.
0: Right. And I love that in this scene, he sees Homer come in to collect his disability. Is it disability? Or basically because he has lost his hands, yeah. the the U.S. government. He is, has a stipend, like exactly. a monthly stipend. Um, and I love that Homer and that is what seems to turn Al yeah. around to give this other GI a loan. Yeah. Because it's, I don't know. Uh, the way I see it is Homer has trouble and problems with that he's dealing with, but ultimately, he provides a lot of like joy almost yes. to the people around him. Absolutely, so, like, that function of his character was awesome. And yeah. I, there were a couple scenes where this happens. Well, so and this it's was it's the such one... a fun
1: duality for that character too to be able to provide joy to others, even though he's struggling internally mm-hmm. and kind of standing in the way of his own joy at times. So exactly, I mean, it's, it's a fun duality with character. There are very well written characters in this. Yes, very very well written. Um. But yeah, so anyway, Al decides to give him the loan. And then the bank's like, it's a bad loan. And I'm like, actually, that's a great loan because the way this works is Welcome that you lo- <laughs> you loan the guy money <laughs> so he can buy this land. If he can't pay the bank back for the land, bank gets the land. Guess what but is about to be guess Maggie. what's about to be really fucking valuable, Ian? Land, because we're hitting the late 40s and the early 50s and that is when we have this giant economic boom that's going to happen and land is going to be really valuable. You can build malls on that shit. So like it's actually a really good loan.
0: I think Maggie's thought was, you know, the writers of this probably weren't bankers and didn't understand. <laughs> I mean, just a <laughs> hunch. But anyway, he gets the loan and was almost told, like, don't do it again.
1: Yeah. And so then there's also this big dinner where Al is being honored, I guess, for his promotion, probably. Yeah. And he's had a few too many. And I like the way Myrna Loy So this goes
0: back to that alcoholism yes. that Maggie mentioned earlier.
1: Yeah. So Millie's been keeping a tally of how many drinks he's had, like, on the table with, like, her fork in the, the linen. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get to see without showing us how many he's had.
0: He's on his fifth. He's as like in his, had five yes, at the start yeah. of his speech,
1: and so he stands up to do the the speech, knocks one back. She does the tally. Millie's looking a little worried, and the way he gives the speech is how do you, how would you describe it? It's really brilliant. It is
0: not. It is an unveiled dig at the interaction he had yes. with his boss.
1: He basically will like kind of inverse quote the boss. Which, like, I, it's hard to describe.
0: Well, he was talking about how there's not enough collateral. And so he tells this uh,
1: oh the Okinawa ready-made story. story
0: about taking the hill. But we don't have collateral, so we lost the war.
1: Yeah. See, but, yeah, he's talking about it at ok- when, at, when he was at Okinawa. And he's like, yeah. And this captain came up to me and was like, Sergeant, you and your men are going to take that hill. And I was like, I don't know. It's a really high risk. And he was like, Well, we have to take the hill. And he's like, Well, what about collateral? We have no collateral. So we didn't take the hill. So we lost the war. Yeah. Because the boss's whole speech about that other guy was that, like, he was like, you know, it's banking. Like, you can't risk stuff like that. You're gambling with the people whose money we hold. And so then Al turns that around that it's like, some might say, we're gambling with the people's money in this bank. And we We are. are. We're gambling on the future of this country. Yeah,
0: that was the last line. And I was like, yes, there you go. And you you can see, like, Millie
1: starts off so worried and is so proud by the end Mm -hmm. of it. And it's just, like, she runs over and, like. Give Hugs him a big and hug
0: and kiss. Yeah. And that was, again, I think this was the turning point in his, like, they didn't make a big deal about the him going down into alcoholism. but And
1: I don't think they needed to. Like, I no, actually like the way I, it was handled. Yeah, it was subtle. Because we were kind of worried and they give us all the signs of it. But then you kind of just, like, see him in the background pull himself out of it.
0: Yeah. Which, how realistic that is after seeing The Lost Weekend. And i mean some people it some works people in this context can yeah
1: some people can some people do
0: but anyway that was like his turning point for me um mm-hmm. and i think after that this was kind of the culmination or the nadir i should say of like his storyline in my opinion mm-hmm. and then after this point he kind of sir like comes in and out of um both Homer and Fred's Fred. storylines. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: so, do you want to backtrack and we'll do Fred's? So yeah. And we let's can do kind it. of get into where there's two's intersection. Because it gets
0: really intersected at the end. Also, sorry, this is going to be a long episode, y'all. It's a two hour, 50 minute mu- movie, so we have a lot to talk about.
1: So, Fred, when he comes home, he goes to his parents' house. And it, that's when it becomes very clear that Fred is not from a wealthy family at all.
0: And I want to say the order in which we saw all of the people leave the cab to go to their places emphasized this because we yes. had Al go to his swanky ass apartment. Like they say the nicest in the the city and then immediately go to what looked like tenement housing um yes. basically under the railroad tracks,
1: yep and base, um so it's already been established at this point that Fred is married and that he and his wife didn't have like he met her during basic training they haven't had that much time together twenty days yeah. So he goes to his parents' house, and he's like, well, where's Marie, his wife? And they're like, well, she, like, has her own apartment now. And he, like, seems to have an issue with this, where I'm like, dude, look around. If the girl can afford her own place, she doesn't want to be here, like, in a – like, this house with your parents, who, like, she probably doesn't know very well. Yeah. Like
0: – Well, and he – also, his reaction to learning that she has a job in a nightclub also makes it pretty evident that he is not a fan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which, can we talk about double standards for a second? Mr. I frequent nightclubs all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's.
1: There are some things about his character, which is a shame because as the movie was starting, I was like, I think I have a crush on Dana Andrews. And then as the movie continued, it's the. That is not true. It and is so true. You're the one who said Bing Crosby could get it. So you, I'm
0: like... But Bing Crosby does not look like frog.
1: He doesn't look like... Dana Andrews does not look like a frog. <laughs> Internet, back me up. Anyway, I was like, I think I have a crush on Dana Andrews. And then as the movie progressed, I was like, I don't think I have a crush on Dana Andrews anymore.
0: He wants the perfect 1950s housewife. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks, Peggy.
1: Well, <laughs> okay. No, I think peggy, Peggy's peggy got more going for her than that.
0: She really but does. But the,
1: the whole point of his storyline is that he and his wife do not get along and oh yeah they should not be married to one another absolutely not yeah his whole storyline is basically about how like he's in this relationship that he really shouldn't be in anymore and he's gone through some really traumatic stuff through the war which they actually towards the end his parents find the citation for his commendation for it and they like read what happened to him and like it's rough and
0: oh yeah yeah. like as in he saved people from burning planes yeah And there were some that
1: he couldn't, as we discover when he um, is passed out at the Stevenson's house because Peggy's sleeping on the couch and he starts to have a nightmare about obviously losing someone who's very close to him one of his yes. crew members in a burning plane which can we talk about how the score works on this
0: the score and the lighting and the zoom in on oh him. my god so the score like takes this really dark turn and then this is where i think and the you sound see him design start shines. To, yes
1: and you see him start to like roll around a little bit more and you kind of get this hint of like the sound of a plane engine. Exactly.
0: The sound design from here was perfect. Yeah. And you see the sweat beads on his face like lit beautifully from what I presume yes. is like light from a window kind of through the slatted blinds.
1: And he starts to kind of yell and it builds and it wakes Peggy up and then she comes in and like wakes him up and is like, it's okay. It's okay. Like just go back to sleep. Like, but the
0: shot to that sleep. I love is when he kind of bolts, sits straight up. And you see this straight-on look at his face, and he's just terrified. Yeah, like again, killed that.
1: Yes, scene. no, it was a great performance. And then there's one later where he's in the like tr- plane junkyard of all of these planes, and they talk about too kind of what a waste it was because like a lot of them are being decommissioned and like
0: well, you don't need to this room. giant fleet of planes anymore. Yeah, if you're exactly. Not at war. So
1: they're you know they're now junk. They're in this junkyard, and he crawls into one of the bombers, and we can. I, this is kind of what i really liked about this there are no flashbacks
0: which is perfect except okay
1: but the way they do it is he's sitting in the cockpit of that bomber and you the score is building and we just see this like tortured look on his face and his we've just had the scene where his parents read the commendation so we know exactly what is going on in his head we know what he's reliving but they don't show it to us, which I think is brilliant.
0: But what they do show us is the missing engines. They focus on each one. And you get this build of, like, tension in the score as well, where it's like, oh, God, this is bad. And then the way the camera sweeps under the plane, it looks like he's in the cockpit flying. Yeah. Not Well, he's not in the cockpit. He's in the bomber, uh, like, dome at the nose of the plane. And so... Again, as you said, no flashbacks, but it's like we see him flying in it's, some sense. Yeah,
1: it's like a flashback without actually having a flashback. Like it's...
0: This was, it was one really, of my favorite It was really, scenes. beautifully
1: shot. Um, And Dana Andrews kills it with his yes. performance. In now we scene. have gotten way ahead of ourselves. That's like, fine, like, but I just, entire... <laughs> I just wanted to establish... I wanted to establish the fact that like as the character... And like we said, we're doing this one a little bit less chronologically anyway. But like, you mm-hmm. know, the character of Fred has bad PTSD. He's definitely... Very, I mean, they're all changed by the war, but oh, yeah. he is very much changed by the war. And then coming into that relationship where it's like these two people obviously just don't really know each other.
0: They really and don't
1: are obviously incompatible. And for some reason, they're both mad at the other one because they're like, you are not this thing that I thought you were." And I'm like, "You only knew each other for 20 days. Of course, you're not the thing you exactly. thought each other was." Neither of them are being fully honest with each other. Marie gives up her job at the nightclub, which I was like, "Don't give up your job. Yeah, with that dual income, no kids lifestyle. As long Fred as you can't in. hold
0: down yeah, any job can't. more than a thirty two dollar and fifty cent a week job.
1: It's like an assistant at an department store. Which again, he went from being a, like this decorated captain in the military to. He's now working in a position under his old position before the war. Exactly. Like
0: his assistant is now his boss. Yeah.
1: And it's like a big blow on his ego. And so like he can't hold down a job that is going to support Marie in a way that she was supporting herself. Yeah. Before the war or during the war. And so, you know, that combined with their personalities just not going together you know at all yeah fred is of course gravitating towards peggy al's daughter because they clearly do mesh well together they
0: do so they had a really cute like if we go back toward the very first meeting at butch's it's peggy and him sitting together and he's definitely flirting with her like lays on her shoulder and she's like why don't you go call your wife yeah (laughs) so that's some some of the start of that banter between those two and i will give maggie this she did call it at that i called it
1: i called it the minute those two were in the same room i was like (laughs) they're getting together
0: well and they have some more cute little dialogue stuff yeah they have they
1: have really good banter
0: after he has that dream um where she's making him breakfast ends up taking him to the apartment and this is i really like the way they played off each other in in that scene so this Mm -hmm. was before we actually met maria uh in this Marie, Marie yeah. yeah. Um, so he's, like, pressing the button, trying to get in. Peggy's sitting in the car and, like, getting more and more kind of sad and worried for him. Um, which I know you were saying, like, oh, leave him to have this bad moment I was like, peace. let him be embarrassed by himself. <laughs> because
1: he, like, it, it turns sweet. out that he was pulling the door and it was push.
0: Been there. <laughs> um, so that, that part was funny. But, again, I liked that this is then showing some amount of caring between the two mm-hmm. like well before there's any reason to like care for one another so yeah. i don't know that that part was good for me
1: but yeah but so basically it's i would say most of his storyline is like him struggling with his like i guess lower position in civilian life and then yes. with his relationship with marie and him and peggy falling in love and of course Peggy at one point invites him and his wife out on a double mm-hmm. date with her and the guy she's been seeing because she's kind of like, maybe if I meet his wife and I really like his wife, then like I won't be feeling the way that I'm feeling anymore. Right. And then she does meet his wife. And I, she doesn't, I kind of like, like, she doesn't straight up just like bash Marie because there is some setup with Marie's character that I'm like, oh, I think they don't want us to like Marie, but oh, like
0: they position her to be a vapid, unlikable she seems, character. I'm not going to
1: lie. She seems like a blast. I mean, yeah. Like,
0: and here's the thing. If I
1: have to go party with Fred or go party with Marie, I'm partying with Marie. She's a lot more fun.
0: Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, she she, she may be, quote unquote, high maintenance, but she was taking care of her damn self yeah. and not bothering a soul. Yeah. So, like, come on. Yeah. He kind of came
1: in and, like, ruined the setup that she had. Um. But anyway, so, but I like that she, like, Peggy doesn't start to bash Marie, but she's just, like, they're unhappy. And, like, her date even comments on it. And he's like... Yeah. Mm. they are clearly not happy like i don't know what's going on with your friends but yeah. their marriage is not good
0: <laughs> but that gets us into a really nice scene in the women's bathroom mm-hmm. where it's just peggy and marie together and marie is just talking talk talk talking about how peggy needs to nail down her boyfriend because his family's really rich she lots of money he
1: obviously likes her a lot don't like, he's worry good about looking. the romance that'll
0: come later money just makes it easy and she keeps using dough at like in a very gangster well i can think that of way, that's supposed to be our, like, our clue
1: that like that the character of Marie's not supposed to be classy their relationship is just not in a good position
0: it's really not yeah. so um but with fred as well i really want to talk through the various ways in which he is continually shown to be or told and kind of forced into a lesser position so as maggie said earlier where he's now working in this soda shop pharmacy sort of thing reporting to his former assistant like even when he comes in to look for a job at first the manager is like okay what skills do you have do you have this do you have this do you have this surely as a captain in the army you should have done this this and this and it's like nope none of it and so this slimy guy who keeps snorting something, I don't know it's what he was. some sort of,
1: like, salt spray, probably. He's clearly got allergies.
0: Either that or it's cocaine. I really don't I know. I don't think it was cocaine. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> um, and so that was, like, the first real wake-up call for him that it's like, oh, wait, I'm not just going to be able to find something easy that I can do. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the demeaning things that happen to him are really, sur- like, specifically focused on his job because yeah. he's also working like the perfume cosmetic counter where um he's supposed to be selling these like ridiculously overpriced things to the women who come in like a 16 dollar bottle of perfume that's like the size of a thimble and that's like half his weekly wage right yeah. there in that one thing but in that scene in particular this woman's son just like keeps handing oh, things on my the counter. god and
1: then she's like don't do that listen to mommy and, and it's like yeah that will the help with your nightmare off child the counter.
0: so this poor guy is just sit there like stuck there trying to deal with these people yeah. who he can't tell to fuck off because like he has to be the customer service person yeah. for them which let me tell you anybody in the service industry your customer I feel not for always you. right exactly agreed uh, agreed yeah so that, that was like the first sign there and then the other scene where this one involved homer actually um with this guy who was going off about how the war was not justified and it was just because the
1: well they show some of this stuff in this um movie it's very very sparse but kind of like the rising cold war situation yeah um and yeah this guy kind of comes i would say he's probably like a 1940s conspiracy theory nut yeah where he's like we got dragged into this and homer's like yeah by the Japanese and the Germans when they, like, when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. And he's like, no, by, like, the, 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 like, what was it? He's, did he say, like, the left wing cons- he was saying like, no, something. it was something it about
0: the people in, like, the yeah, senators the, or,
1: I. It was something about Washington, in Washington. And he's was like, we fought the wrong people. And the Homer's basically like, so, because he was like, they, the Germans and the Japanese just wanted to fight, like, the Brits. And I'm like.
0: And the Russians. Yeah. And I'm like, you,
1: you, you think it would have just stopped there? Like. That's the whole point of World War II, is that it didn't stop multiple times when they were like, oh, no, no, we just want Czechoslovakia. Oh, no, 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 we just want Austria. Oh, no, no, we just want all of Europe. Like, yeah, like that is the story of how that happened. So, yeah, and Homer goes to fight this guy.
0: Yeah, punches him. Well, or, tries to punch him. But he can't really punch him. No, unfortunately. he tears his
1: flag. The guy's got a flag pin yeah. on Homer. Thank tears it. God,
0: off. he tears it off. Yeah, beautiful allegory there. Yeah, and then um,
1: Homer can't punch him. He's like, if I had hands. And
0: then
1: <laughs> Fred just walks up. He's like, Homer, Homer, it's fine. And
0: he knocks the guy falls into the counter that uh, the cosmetics counter. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, this is perfect. He's quitting oh, his God. job. I yeah, love he's it. He's like, I know, I'm he's fired. Perfect. I don't care. And this is when he actually decides to go away, because I think at this point he's, like, fully broken.
1: Well, because we've had the whole things with Peggy, so...
0: Oh, geez, I'm al- so sorry. No, no, it's totally fine. There's a lot that's happened Ian, in this movie. like we've said, we're not <laughs> doing this chronologically.
1: Like, we're kind of picking apart yeah. the storylines, and they all kind of have, like, multiple struggles that are happening. Right. Um. So... Al has confronted Fred with Peggy because Peggy basically told her parents after seeing that Fred and his wife weren't happy. She's like, I've made a decision. I'm becoming a homewrecker.
0: And I think that actually she used that that term.
1: She does. And she later says something where she's like, my career as a homewrecker is over. So
0: Now, really quickly, we should jump in that scene when she's like, I'm going to break him up. There, again, we get more. So to go back to Al and Millie's Uh, relationship. This is where I loved this scene Mm because all of a sudden, I I know I kind of went through this with my parents where it was like, oh, wait, you're actually a real person with real complex feelings and problems and relationships. Yeah. Um, And that's what peggy gets from her parents where she
1: basically says you guys wouldn't understand because you've never had struggles in your marriage perfect. yes
0: and they're like but think of all the times that we've had to fall in love all over again yeah and rila I mean,
1: gives this great speech where she's like oh, you know so good. what about all the times when i've said to you and i've meant it that, that I, I hate, hate you, you or all the times you've looked at me and just said you're done with me like, all the times we've had to yeah. fall in love all over again. Well, and, and
0: they kind of did that yeah, in the film we watched earlier. it happen. So, again, love that yeah, so much. Yeah, it's
1: beautiful. And I just – I liked that scene with Peggy. I thought it was such a cool kind of relationship between Peggy and her parents. Mm-hmm. And, like, Al even says it later when he has his confrontation with Fred, which I want to track back and talk about how that scene was shot in a minute. Oh, yeah. But he – Fred's basically like, oh, Peggy told you – or, like, you grilled Peggy. And he's like, no, she actually came to me me and Millie and told us this because we actually talked to our family. Yeah, yeah. And, like, they actually have a really great relationship. And Al's basically – neither Al nor Millie straight up tell Peggy don't do it. But they're very much like a, are you sure this is the situation? How could you know? Like, that's – you're not in the relationship. Like, you're not in that marriage. You don't know for sure. Like." And there's a beautiful shot of Al at the end of the long haul after he stormed out of the room. And he's, like, lighting a cigarette. And there's, Uh like, the puff of smoke.
0: And he's, like, walking out the house to go meet with Fred. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's pretty clear that... um,
1: the way they have that confrontation, it's just a still shot from the side, and they're across the table from each other, and they're just going back and forth.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's just but beautiful. it's very short, terse dialogue. It is, but and it's just
1: a it's very so great. tense scene.
0: Mm-hmm. The writing's good, and then the way that um, Fred just accepts it, yeah, well, pays for the drink, and walks to the phone booth. Well,
1: Al, Al tells him, he's like, are you in love with Peggy? He's like, yes. And he's like, well, this is the situation. Like, I, You're married. I want you to leave Peggy alone.
0: Yeah, and like, he basically said that he's gonna. Uh, Al said that he's gonna try and keep Peggy away yeah. as much as possible. Yeah, but it's up to Fred to actually say. And one he does. Thing he goes other. and
1: he calls her, and he tells her it's over. And then we have that scene in the kitchen. Where now,
0: before that though, I want to talk about how that scene is shot when he calls her because okay, yes. we have. Um, homer enter and homer has no idea what just went down he's like super excited he's been taking piano lessons and so he and butch go over and play piano Mm -hmm. and al goes over to watch but while they're playing this beautiful rendition of chopsticks um (laughs) you can actually see in the background fred in the phone booth and you get the tension from al like looking back every so often
1: Being like, is he doing the things he said he was going to do? But actually, fun fact, cinematographer Greg uh, Tolland used deep focus photography so that you would get sharp images in both the foreground and background. No,
0: see, again, with the interesting depth in these shots, this was another like Mm -hmm. emblematic scene to me where you can see, you know what's going and you get the layers of tension Mm -hmm. like with this chopstick soundtrack over yeah. the top, which is a yeah. little absurd. So I, I thought that was very effective.
1: Yeah. But that's when we have the scene with Peggy and Millie in the kitchen. Peeling she's like, peas. my career as a homewrecker is over and like goes through kind of the conversation she just had. And um then Fred goes home and there's another guy in his apartment with his wife and she's like, No, he's like an old friend who came by for a drink. And Basically, that's when she's like, We're done. She's like, Look, I'm getting my job back. And I'm, I'm divorcing you. And, and I was
0: like, Bout. We're all like, Thank time. God. Like, why were you, you married two so long? You should
1: not be married.
0: So that was good. But that's what puts Fred off on the I'm going to leave town. I'm going to do whatever. He goes back to his parents, packs all his you have shit. Yeah, the
1: bomber scene.
0: Um, and that's when we have the bomber scene, which is like his turning point. Yeah. Beautifully shot. And then all of a sudden, I really liked that the scrapping company who was dismantling all the planes or like we're turning them into mobile homes yeah (laughs) which fun fact originally the mobile home was supposed to be designed to address this like housing shortage with everybody coming back from the war and suffering out and I, i really liked that for fred this seemed to be the turning point that like okay wait maybe they're not useful in the same way that they are but i can be useful and i can also do something that provides for other people in some way yeah so like i thought that was a very positive spin on what he ultimately was going to do mm-hmm. and i love how the guy who was running the crew dismantling the planes is super skeptical of fred and like oh he's what like, You're qualifications a pilot.
1: I, I was in a tank on the ground exactly
0: but ultimately he gives fred that chance yeah. and that i was really glad that fred got that break yes like so yes, glad because he needed it
1: and that's when we have wedding at the end
0: yes the final scene which kind of
1: wraps everything up fred's homer's best man
0: yes which is so sweet sweet. we get a quick little scene of Al having a little cup of punch Mm -hmm. which myrna seems to be a little bit hesitant about but she takes a little sip and it's
1: fine but they're okay so
0: that's that's like their relationship is still in nice kind of like a
1: tense reconciliation they do yeah
0: but the scene in which Homer and Wilma are exchanging vows, is where we get another extremely interesting shot. I'll
1: let you describe this, and then I want to just say a couple words on why I'm torn about that ending.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the shot that we see kind of on the right hand of the frame is Homer and Wilma and the priest. We get a almost straight-on view on kind of the left-hand side of peggy mm-hmm. and then on the far left we see kind of in profile and kind of the back of his head uh fred so we see peggy intently looking at fred the entire and you time you can tell that
1: his head is towards her exactly and, not the
0: couple. and so we get some like close-up shots interspersed in here of them as well and of course of the hands slash hooks in the wedding ceremony mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of all wrapped up into this um om- It feels like a reconciliation among all parties, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, It's our neat little bow. Exactly. And so the ceremony's over. Everybody rushes to congratulate the newlywed couple. Except for
1: Peggy and Fred don't move. And then he slowly walks over to her and they kiss. They do. And I think that's where screen should have gone to black.
0: Well, but then Fred says his know." Then There's
1: like a little speech and then it goes to black. But I think they could have either stopped it at him walking over and them kissing while you have like Homer and Wilma in the foreground. Cause then you just get to see like all of your couples together and it's really nice. Or honestly, I would have been fine if we didn't see the whole wedding ceremony and we just saw the bit where maybe Homer reaches out a hook slash hand to Wilma and Wilma just takes it. Like, I think that could have also been a good ending. Like I, I just oh, yeah. think that we could have trimmed the fat a little bit on that one.
0: Basically it didn't need to be so, um... They didn't need to beat us over the head with it, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) which is kind of what it felt like they did.
1: Because it was a long movie. It's what, two hours, 50 minute running time, which like I have to say, though, there wasn't a ton of scenes that I was like, yeah, throw that out. Yeah. Why am I watching this? Like a lot of the stuff that was in there needed to be in there. I think you could have just done like a little bit of trimming around some edges to like shorten it a bit. But I think in general, in general, it wasn't like a crazy long movie that was just long for no reason, and they were, like, wasting our time. Like, in general, I think a lot of this stuff was in there for a reason.
0: Yeah, agreed. So, I don't know. Overall, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think that about sums up my feelings wanna, on wanna it. Want to talk rankings? I know. Um, yeah. Well, and I was going to say, we, we definitely – could continue to talk about this movie for another two hours (laughs) yes it is a
1: there's a lot to talk about we kind of tried to hit i think
0: like the highlights the highlights and
1: the stuff that was most impactful to us
0: yeah definitely agree but engage with us we'd love to talk about it more because even even if at the end there i was like oh my god there's two minutes left thank goodness (laughs) it all it was enjoyable to me yeah
1: yeah definitely i would say definitely a recommended one
0: yeah i agree completely okay so lists i guess so yes. for me, um, unless you want to go first. No, no, no you go oh, first. Okay. So I'm going to put it um, at number seven. And so that is after Mrs. Miniver, but before Wings. Okay. And so I think this was honestly pretty easy for me in that they all three were war movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I I felt like it. this particular movie dealt in more depth with some of the issues of Homecoming of War that Wings just couldn't. Match like yeah. Wing's actual treatment of the subject matter of war, while still nowhere near well, it's as good. It's been as interesting
1: because we've had quiet, quite but... a few World War II movies. Yeah. So we've yeah. had what Mrs. Miniver, Casablanca, and um, Best Years of Our Lives. Yeah, none of them have featured actual like fighting, right? Which has been interesting. Yes, because when I usually think of war movies or particularly a World War II movie, I think of stuff that's like set during the actual mm-hmm. war. Around soldiers
0: like fighting,
1: and I you think, think of, of all quiet
0: on the Western Front.
1: Yeah, I think of something like that, or I think of like Longest Day with John Wayne, or you know stuff like that. But like that's that's just not what any of our best pictures have been. It's very interesting yeah. that they're dealing more with like the psychological and emotional mm-hmm. side and like the after effects, or like with Casablanca, it's like the refugee crisis and right. I don't know it's been cool.
0: It it has, but I I think Mrs. Miniver for me. um I, I was glad that they were able to give a variety of perspectives on the different issues, but I honestly preferred that Mrs. Miniver focused so closely on a very small set of people because mm-hmm. it gave us a lot more depth to the characters. Not to say that the ones in uh, the best years of our lives aren't fully developed. and
1: Yeah, they are.
0: They all have well. very good arcs. Um, I just think it's difficult to make us care about everybody so much <laughs> the way that I cared about the ending to mrs miniver and all of the strife that her family went through so that's really it for me i think in some ways the best years of our lives like with score and honestly with cinema maybe edge out miss miniver a little bit but like as an overall package
1: okay so it is my new number eight after how green was my valley and before mrs miniver
0: well then yes
1: so I actually like very much was toying with before after Mrs. Miniver. I think they are very similar movies. It helps that Teresa Wright is in both. Definitely. um, And gives amazing performances in both. I think Best Years of Our Lives was more consistently good than Mrs. Miniver. So Mrs. Miniver had some select scenes that like blew me away as far as like cinematography and Mm -hmm. performance and everything. But then there were also some scenes that I was like... I don't know what this is in here. There was like an entire subplot that I was like, I could do without this. Like there, there were things in Mrs. Miniver that I was like, yeah, you could cut that. I don't need it.
0: But you couldn't cut the There was here.
1: much less in best years of our lives that I was like, get rid of. Yeah. So like, that was a big thing for me. And I, I don't know. There's, there was just something about like the, the way that they treated like, the relationships in this. Not that, like, the relationships in Mrs. Miniver aren't done well, mm-hmm. but, like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm a sucker for like, very complicated, very, like, well-done interpersonal relationships and this movie just had so many of them. It really did. And it, really just, did. Like, and they, so it wove them that. together really well. It did. So, like, it really, really did. Like, I just I thought it, this movie handled, I mean, I can't relate super well because i have not a veteran but right. like it seemed to me like this movie was handling a very difficult issue in a very like good way
0: yeah so cool. good well that was the best years of our lives and do recommend you watch it i wouldn't necessarily call it the best three hours of my life but <laughs> it was <laughs> worth three a watch. hours
1: i was i didn't mind
0: exactly exactly yeah so cool. do recommend that you watch it at yeah. some point, if only for the really good yeah. cinematography. It is interesting
1: that we put this one very similar places. Yeah.
0: I yeah. mean, kind of in the top third-ish of our list. Yeah.
1: And like kind of around this yeah, exactly. is Miniver. Yeah, exactly. Well,
0: it's easy. I, I think it's easy to compare war movies. Re-
1: well, and it's also specifically very easy to compare those because they're both home front. They both yep. have Teresa Wright. They're both very similar. Yes.
0: Although Teresa Wright had a much, much, much more joyful uh experience in this woman yes. and in mrs miniver yes
1: very true so um okay so i guess that's it for the best years of our lives um if you want to chat with us more about this which we would love to do you can of find always. us on social media at best pictures pod on twitter and instagram or email us in at bestpicturespodcast pictures podcast at gmail.com
0: so thanks for listening and next time we're going to be doing the 20th best picture
1: which is do do you know because i don't
0: um <laughs> The 20th best picture is called Gentleman's Agreement. (laughs) Thanks for listening.
1: Till next time.